tortoise. Hello, it's James, wishing you a very happy new year. We're going to start 2024 with a moment of magic, because hard as you'll find this to believe, we're not actually recording this on New Year's Day morning. We're recording this in December, but in order to get in the groove, we're drinking last night's warm champagne. Uh, I'm not even sure it is. is Maybe it it's Prosecco. <laughs> I'm looking at Lewis Vickers, who's the producer of this, and he's shaking its head. No, Nothing we're but the best. drinking something white and bubbly and warm. Yep. Great. It's alcoholic. It'll <laughs> Terrific. Do. <laughs> and we're doing that because what we're going to bring you today is the Tortoise Newsroom's predictions for 2024. None of these are binding. And at the end of 2024, we are going to scrub this particular podcast and replace it with our correct predictions for 2024. But to do this, each of the uh, editors and reporters in Tortoise are going to rattle through their two or three predictions for the year And then, in a way that's cruel and humiliating, come December of the year, we're going to work out who's clairvoyant and who just works as a reporter. I'll be joined by Tortoise's news editor, Jess Winch, our political editor, Kat Nealon, Chloe Hadjimatheo, one of our reporters around world affairs, Keith Blackmore, who's the managing editor, um, Andrew Butler, who's our social media editor, and Claudia Williams, uh, another one of Tortoise's newsroom reporters. Chloe, let's start with you because I know you have to get to your son's nativity play. So, first off, I think that the Parthenon marbles, otherwise known as Elgin's marbles, will go back to Greece. All public opinion points to that way. To be precise, there will be an agreement for them to go back or there will actually be a shipment? I think I think there will be a shipment next year at some point. I can't tell you whether it will be a loan or whether they will go back permanently. Whichever way, they're never going to come back to the British Museum. Whether it's a loan or an outright return, I think they will be gone for the British Museum forevermore. Marbles return. Prediction two. Prediction two is that I think Ukraine-Russia, the war, is going to enter a phase where electronic warfare becomes key. It's already begun, but I think it's going to ramp up and this is going to be a big deciding factor as to which way the war swings next year. It's all going to be about downing each other's drones, blocking each other's signals, knocking each other's jammers out. This is where it's all going to go next year. Okay, this is what you'd call a clever prediction because we may never know whether it's actually happened. (laughs) But can I just understand, are you saying that the war's going to go from a war of munitions and jets to a war that is much more rooted in cyber and technology was it specific around electromagnetic devices i think i think then it's never going to stop being about bombs falling Mm. and knocking each other's stuff out but i think the thing that will help give either side the edge will be how much they're able to disguise their planes how much they're able to keep their drones in the air and get the other ones dropping out of the sky I think that's where it's going to go. And implicit in that, the war continues through 24. I think it's not going to stop. Okay, third? The third one is a bit random, but I think YouTube is going to change. AI is going to start having a visible effect on YouTube. So first up, I think the new massive influencers for next year are all going to be AI generated. They're not going to be real people. And I think as a result, YouTube is going to be forced to start labelling content as AI or natural or real. And... 
finally, I think there will be a search engine, a new a new way of searching within YouTube where AI will search the video for you and tell you the content. You won't have to watch it all. If there's a two-hour video, it will give you a summary of what the video contains. Hang on. So this is the AI social media accumulator prediction. Yes. AI is the leading influencer on YouTube. YouTube decides to differentiate between AI and human-generated content. Yep. And there's an AI summary function of long-form video. Exactly. Your son's nativity. Yes, it awaits. Break a leg. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Jess Winch, what are your predictions? Prediction one. I know that around 4 billion people are going to vote in elections in 2024. That's around half the world's population live in countries that are going to the polls. And I think we will see several instances where AI deepfakes threaten to disrupt the election result. Do you think that if there are that many disruptions through AI fakes, there won't be one case of an election that's not taken to court, i.e. the outcome disputed, because of misleading information in the public square, in yes. the courts? In the courts, yes, that could happen. We had a, I've got to credit a colleague of mine, Katie Riley, for this, but she is firmly of the opinion that the US election next year will end up in the courts and will be adjudicated by the Supreme Court because it is going to be so tight. And it could well be that part of that is one side or the other claiming fake. All right. Next prediction. Next prediction is that the UK government's Rwanda policy is not going to happen in any meaningful way. I say meaningful way, which is a slightly couched term because I said very confidently on an episode of the news meeting in 2023 that barges wouldn't happen because the government had been threatening it for years and none had come into view. And then in came the Bibi Stockholm. But I really do maintain that it is a performative policy that even if perhaps at best a flight takes off to Rwanda, it is not going to stop small boats. It is definitely not going to um, bring down UK immigration or address any of the wider concerns or problems that the UK has around migration. Well, we're very lucky. We've got Kat Nealon, our political editor here. Yeah. And she is going to adjudicate the definition of a meaningful way. Kat, is a meaningful way 10 people, 50 people, 100 people or 200 people? What's your definition of a meaningful no, way? I think we're looking at it in the wrong way. I actually don't think it's about the number of people that are sent to Rwanda. I think it's about the impact on the small boats crossings because that's all it's aimed at ultimately. And I therefore, and I don't so want to preempt my own pitch. Which is amazing. No uh, but um, I think that's the way that it should be judged. All right, so, so Jess, that's, that's so a So small twin... boat crossings will not come down because no, of Rwanda. Is that your pitch? Hold on. That's, that's your hold prediction. On. Hold on, that's a good one. So we have a, Jess, your prediction is UK's Rwanda policy will not happen in any meaningful way. No, because... A twin test, which is not more than 100 people sent to Rwanda and no decrease in the number of people coming in small boats to the UK. No, and also I don't think... Uh, one, another measure of a policy is how long it lasts. And even if a flight does take off, Labour have already said that if they win, they're going to stop the Rwanda policy. So we'll very swiftly point. cease to also, be a policy. Also, tucked in a Labour election victory into Yes, that. you see Nicely what I did done. there. All right, third. What's your third it's prediction? It's totally straying onto my... <laughs> I wrote this first. Thank you very much. Uh, third... What am I, what's my third one? My third one is that X, formerly known as Twitter, will not exist by the end of 2024. Not in the way we use it now, in any okay. way. Okay. Does that mean that 
It will go bust or Elon Musk will sell it? I think it will go bust. I think um, I think it will. I think the only reason I can see for Elon Musk telling advertisers to go fuck themselves when last year revenue from advertising made up 90% of Twitter's revenue means that he is almost purposefully trying to destroy it, perhaps in order to build something else. But I don't think we're going to be using X in the way that we are now. If you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, how is it possible that Jess Winch used such fruity language? The reason is she was only quoting the world's richest man. Kat Nealon, what's yours? Okay, so my pitches are slightly more thematic, but I do have some actual genuine predictions. So, <laughs> I promise. So you've got sort of mood music. No, no, no. I've and got, then words. I've got predictions within a theme. Lovely. Okay, so the first one is the economy. The UK will enter a recession. In 2024. Yes, Inflation will remain above two, above the target 2% for the whole year. And there will be a house price correction slash contraction. Holy because smoke, interest you're rates, to be with. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> interest Hold rates on. are going to remain... Recession, inflation above target range of 2%, yep. and a house price correction by which you mean 10% fall in prices. No, not that much. But, but let's say 5%. F- five high single digits. Because interest rates are going to remain high for longer than we would like. Great. So. Thank you for joining us, Kat Newland. <laughs> this message <laughs> is brought to you by so Everyone should go back to bed and stay yeah. there. <laughs> That's right. Number two fun uh, prediction uh, is around migration. Um, there will be a new record high migration figure. Uh, legal or illegal? Combined partly caused by the numbers being pushed up as a result of some of the measures that have been recently announced, specifically around the uh, threshold for um, income for people with uh, foreign partners. There'll be a rush of people to get in before the new rules take place. Exactly, exactly. Um, Clearing the hotels of asylum seekers will cause a rise in statutory homelessness, which will obviously put a lot more pressure on local authorities. The Bibby Stockholm will be forced to shut after the outbreak of more diseases cause unrest amongst those who are on the barge. Um, And I have said a plane will take off to Rwanda. Uh, I haven't said how many people will be on it, but a plane will take off, but it does nothing to reduce the number of small boats crossing the channel. Can I say I'm loving your work, Pat? Mm. Not least because... like 10 predictions. Yeah, I sort of think think that we in the newsroom can take... At least until March off. <laughs> We've done. There's a whole world of stories for people to chew on. <laughs> Excellent work. Anything else? Well, I was told not to worry. It doesn't matter if you get it all wrong. So I'm just. I, I think you're getting it. it all right. Keep going. Anything um, else? So uh, Tory infighting continues. The least surprising prediction I think anyone can make. Yes, that's not a prediction. <laughs> that's a. That's an observation. <laughs> Um, uh, Prime Minister Keir Starmer is a bit of a disappointment, but thanks to the uh, continuous uh, infighting, it doesn't really matter. Um, Hold on. Prime Minister Keir Starmer? Yes. When does he get in? So I, this is where I'm going to hedge my bets. I think 60-40 October to May election. I think it will depend on... Um, how much control Rishi Sunak feels that he has of things. If he remains in control, 
or feels that he is in control, he will go as long as he possibly can. But I think if he thing, feels things slipping through his fingers and is more concerned about migration than the economy, which I don't think he should be, but he may well be, then I think he will go early. OK. But either way, we all know. Let's go to the mattresses on this. I can't conceive of an election in May. How much in Kit Kats would you be willing to bet that it'll be May? Well, like I say, it's my, it's my, it's not the outside uh, sort of option. I it's think, not ten to twenty percent. I think that's January twenty twenty five. I think it will happen in twenty twenty four, and I think that it is more likely to be October because I don't think Rishi Sunak is a risk taking person. But the reasons for doing it in May are um, you go before the small boat season. You go at a time of year when people are feeling probably at their happiest, you know, kind of summer is in the air. Exactly. Um, You go... Before the next wave of people have mortgage expiration dates. Before more people are feeling poorer because they're paying more on their mortgage. And after the budget... So you have the sort of immediate fill-up of people feeling like, yeah, we've got some tax cuts, etc. I don't think any of those things will make it a huge difference for him, but it might mean that some Conservative MPs survive who wouldn't otherwise. Who is going to be the next leader of the Conservative Party? Well, this is my actual prediction for number three. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a battle between the women. So I think we're going to see Kemi Badenoch and... Penny Mordaunt, she is a target seat for the Lib Dems, but assuming she survives, I think she could be in with a good chance. Liz Truss and Priti Patel on the sidelines, either playing kingmaker or throwing their hats into the ring themselves. Um, But I think that, uh, as is the way of the world, the women will have the battle and a man will just sweep through to victory. Um, So if you'd have asked me a few months ago, I would have said James Cleverly. But since becoming Home Secretary, I think he has plummeted in the popularity stakes. So I'm going to say either uh, Tom Tugendhat or Robert Jenrick, depending on the shape of the party. Wow. <laughs> so much and to look forward really, to in 2024. Um, I'm really going out on a limb there. Go back to my stay I, in bed I, option. There is, if you ask me, I think right now, Kemi Badenoch is probably the most likely person. Um, but... It really depends on what the makeup of the party is afterwards, whether it's more sort of the blue wall core Tory type MP or whether it's people who will lean into the sort of culture warrior type stuff that she does. So I'm loving Tortoise Newsroom Maths. We're saying 40% chance of election in May, (laughs) 60% chance of an election in October, 20% chance of an election in (laughs) January. I think that adds up well enough for New Year's Day. I got but a just can I ask you, one, can ask you one, one, one final thing, Kat? In all of that is a really clear assumption that Labour wins or leads the next government, Keir Starmer becomes Prime Minister. Yes. Your assumption there is overall majority? Yes, you'll know I have not said what I think the majority will be, but I think that gone are the days when we were talking in terms of it being a hung parliament. I think it will be a majority. Kat Nealon, thank you very much. Jess Winch, thank you very much. As you've noticed, 
Chloe's had to go because of her son's nativity play. And if you want to know the mystery of podcasting, it's that we have a studio which can really only sit four of us. So now... Um, my prediction is that you're going to leave and then I'm going to be joined by Andrew Butler, Claudia Williams and Keith Blackmore who incarnations all of Nostradamus are going to tell us with unerring clarity what the future holds. Keith, I can see that even though it's actually just late December, you're tucking into Lewis's um, warm Prosecco. Party on. What happens in 2024? So, well, this first one is a, is a fantasy, I've got to admit. But this is basically <laughs> that uh, in Joe Biden in February suffers a health scare. Not a fatal a one. a fantasy of yours. <laughs> yeah, not a fatal one because he's too nice a guy. But it takes him out of the process for nominating a candidate for the Democratic Party in the uh, uh, presidential election. So a short, brutal battle follows, which is won by... Gavin Newsom. Handsome, very handsome man. Governor of California, who beats, in the final runoff, beats Kamala Harris, the current vice president. But he persuades her to run as his running mate in the election in November. And so the Democrats are represented in that election by, admittedly, a pair of Californians. But more importantly, they can run on Joe Biden's excellent uh, record without actually having a slightly infirm-looking presidential candidate at the top of the ticket. So this is a brilliant prediction, but also a piece of throat clearing. In that contest, your Newsom-Harris ticket comes up against... Trump. And? Well, I hope they win, but who knows with America these days. <laughs> OK. <laughs> That's the most honest thing that anyone's ever said in a predictions conversation. <laughs> Who knows? OK, what's your second? Second one is that El Loco goes bonkers in Argentina. The economy continues to bump along the bottom. And as all his ridiculous chainsaw measures fail, he decides to invade the Falklands. Holy smoke. Hang on, can I just ask you that? If that were to happen, what's your prediction of the impact of that on a UK general election? Very good question. It would be perfect for Sunak if it happened in January. Not much good if it happens at the end of the year. Because it would take, take us at least two months to do anything about it. If, even if, 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 if the 1982 example is anything to go by, it would take us two months to actually engage, engage with it. But there are, there are, as Charles Moore has been telling everybody, there's six billion... Barrels of oil off the Falklands. I, I know this is difficult for everyone, particularly if you're listening at home and you've had a big night and you're trying to make sense of 2024. The most worrying thing for us is that Keith is the most sage person in our newsroom. <laughs> and <laughs> he's still, still sober. <laughs> <laughs> OK, third one. Third one. This is, a, uh, this is a flyer, but I think that the actor and musician Johnny Flynn will be named as the new James Bond. I thought Idris Elba was going to be Bond. No, it'll be Johnny Flynn, I'm telling you. Johnny Flynn, is, th th that would be a good modern selection. You know, he's, he's, he's played... You know, I, was just, I had a look at his track record. He's played Einstein. He's played Richard Burton. He's played David Bowie. That's a pretty good line. And most importantly, he played Ian Fleming in Operation Mincemeat. Nice one. OK, Claudia Williams. Why is everyone 
in the newsroom saying that you know the future. Have you once made an accurate prediction about something? Uh, not once, twice. Twice. Come on. This is the mo- this. By the way, this is the moment to boast. Now. Okay. Uh, the firstly, I uh, I'm doing my old predictions just so you know. Yeah. The, the, what I've got right. I predicted that Lawrence Fox would uh, run for London Mayor when we did this a couple of years ago. That's amazing. That was an amazing prediction. Yeah, I thought so. And then I uh, How predicted. How did you know that? Vibe. <laughs> just vibe. <laughs> you can just smell the views. Okay. And then I predicted that Kim and Kanye would separate but not divorce. That's so sensitive of you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> what can you tell us in uh, marital, mad libertarian right news for 2024? <laughs> um, well, my first one is that 2024 will be the year that Taylor Swift's era's tour grosses over $2 billion, which is more than double the previous record in less than half the time, but that by the end of the year she will be very rich but less popular. That's actually impossible. (laughs) She only grows in our hearts. (laughs) Can I ask you a question about this? Mm -hmm. She makes a whole load of money. Mm True. True very hard to measure at the end of the year whether she is more or less popular let's face it what we will know at the end of the year is whether or not her relationship with travis kelsey has turned into something more formal and given your predictions previously on the status of people's relationships do Mm -hmm. you think that taylor and travis get engaged break up or bumble along in 2024 engaged not married never get married (laughs) <laughs> would be my prediction. By the way, can I tell you, you've got a real thing with the institution of marriage. Have you noticed this, Keith? No one's either getting into it or entirely leaving it. It's like a sort of circle of Dante's Inferno. You're just sort of in limbo. That yeah, I don't think... I, 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 <laughs> yes. I don't think that Kelsey will survive. The relationship will survive the fact that the Chiefs aren't going to get to the Super Bowl. So you think she's a winner and she only will date yeah. winners? Yeah. Do you reckon? Oh, I, th- I think it's early engagement. I think like May. He goes all in. Oh, yeah. God. Can I say I quite like the spread bet on yeah, Travis? Yeah. Okay, next one. Can I, can I just explain one thing about Taylor Swift, though? Yeah. Is I think the popularity is based on the fact that a tour of that scale, the amount of money that she's making off her fans, is people are just going to start... It's too much. It's gonna be, it, people are going to get turned off by it. And the second thing is the carbon impact of it is absolutely extraordinary. And I think this year she's grown and grown and grown. And people have kind of been, it, it's all sequins and smiles. And next year, people start looking and thinking, oh, actually, there's so much about this, which is really like dictating economies and, and changing the climate. And it's having this massive impact. And actually, you have to look at it properly. In all seriousness, I don't agree with that, Claudia. The reason is, I think people are really proud of her success. Like her fans actually think of her success as part of her statement as a woman in a world that has been mm. kind of legged over by men, scooters to Braun, all of that. And I think they might look at her and go, yeah, you go for it. You're going to be a trailblazer for a different kind of superstar and a different kind of economy. Maybe, but I think she's already... The the, the stuff about Taylor Swift and her private jet... She's already no, no making yeah, noise. It's, well, she's the worst celebrity by far. It, it doesn't really... People don't really care compared to the Eras tour, but it is a, a small little thing that's really creeping in there in her reputation, and I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Um, big revenue, big carbon footprint, big impact. Mm-hmm. Okay, next. 
Okay, number two, I think that uh, the UK is going to ban single-use vapes. Totally. Go on. Hooray. The, the sort of groovy plastic things. That yeah, the groovy are. ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, so weirdly, we're going to go back to the world of Juul. We're going to go back yeah, to yeah, the Yeah, yeah, the reusable. I reckon because we throw away a million of them a week. They're so popular, super popular with teenagers. They're so bad for kind of the environment and they're just increasing in popularity. But you can't recycle them and something has to change. And I think that the single-use ones, the ones that are brightly coloured, I think that we will ban them totally and return to the kind of cartridges, which has already happened in France. All right, next one. Uh, And the next one is that I think... 2024 is the year that Harry and Meghan start slowly weaseling their way back into the royal family. And they will do that in a very specific way, in my prediction, in the form of a big family trip to the UK with the kids. And you will kind of see photographs of them and it will be this kind of slow creep back. Hang on, Claudia. The sub-editor on the podcast desk, it wants to ask you, weaseling? Why weaseling? Aren't they a fully-fledged member of the family? They're returning home. They're trying to put the difficult past behind them. Why are they weaseling? Okay, you're right. Um, they will creep. <laughs> no, I th- are, you, are you not a Harry and Meghan person? Uh, I'm neither pro nor con. William and Kate... Okay, hold on a second. It's New Year's Day. Mm. It's been a long and busy night. There's a knock on the door, joining you for a late lunch. William and Kate, Harry and Meghan, who do you prefer? Oh, easy, Harry and Meghan. Okay, fair enough. Andrew Butler. Hi, James. Tell us what 2024 holds. So mine are all sport-based, I should preface that. Um, But my first is that Saudi Arabia will take over, or at least attempt to take over, the running of tennis. Having been successful in their merger to take over the running of golf, they will take over tennis. There is precedent for this. They've already held the next-gen ATP finals in Jeddah. Whilst there wasn't many big names there, Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz were there. Tennis is an incredibly fertile sport for it. Similar to golf, individuals, all you need to do is pluck them off, offer them more money, get them playing at bigger tournaments where they can earn way more than they're done even at Wimbledon and I can see it happening and it's already been talked about so Nick Kyrgios who's not a man to be not outspoken on certain <laughs> things let's say has said he'll happily let the the ship sink and move to a, a Saudi league Keith wouldn't this be a masterstroke politically which is not just to move in on tennis but specifically to move in on women's tennis and to do two things at once, to build that soft power but also build your reputation for empowerment of women. Yes, but you've got to take on the the likes of Billie Jean King and and a tradition in women's tennis that has been for for women's equal rights. I mean, they have been right at the forefront of the pursuit of equality. But you see... I th- but I think Keith, Saudi Arabia thinks of itself differently from the way in which we think of it. And I suspect that part of their point would be, OK, let's make an investment here that lands that argument. 
I don't know. <laughs> what you'd really like, what would be so much better about this sports washing would be if Saudi Arabia changed rather than the sports it tried <laughs> to acquire. Imagine if they actually let, you know, women go and watch the tennis, do all those things. <laughs> Do all those things, I mean, it would just be so much better. I think Andrew's right. I do think tennis is the next one because the, the big thing about tennis is a global game. It's not, you know, it's not just Europe. It's not just the United States. Everybody plays tennis. The, the, hold on, let me just be fair. The, in Mohammed bin Salman's Saudi Arabia, which we may have many points of view, one thing that has changed is the ability for women to go out and... Uh, attend entertainment events. I can't see any world in which Saudi women would not be able to attend a tennis match. As long as they bring, presumably, a guardian with them. I, I don't know enough about it. Yeah, exactly. But, but, that, but if I'm Billie Jean King, I'm not buying that. All right, next one. England will win the Euros. Oh. <laughs> can, I, can we just park the bus here for a minute? Andrew, yeah. what is going on in your psychology? <laughs> What do you think you're doing when you say that? Is that just like is that just having a little happy time? Yes, it is having a little happy time, which has been going on for, for too long now. I'm not old enough to remember the afterglow of the 1966 World Cup when we won. When you were but not born? When I was no, I'm yeah, I'm not old enough to remember that. But I am old enough to have been close to 1996 when we when the semi-finals of the Euros. Well, obviously, now a mature adult where we've had close to success. You're not that no, mature. No, immature, <laughs> immature adult. Anyone who's a sports nut is an immature adult. We have the best player in the world in Jude Bellingham. Harry Kane is breaking records since his move in Germany. This will be Gareth Southgate's swan song. And, James, I'll I tell you the reason why this, this is me having my happy time. Two years ago, I went with a couple of other people from Tortoise to Gary Lineker's house to film something for a campaign we had called the arms race and while I was making small talk I said ah, Gary I mean the England team when are we going to win something and I hope I'm not betraying his confidence but he looked up at me and he said I'm sure it'll be soon <laughs> hang on <laughs> I, I, thought, you, I is... thought you were going to say he looked up and he said 2024 well, I'm <laughs> sure he said but what I love is that without Gary actually being here he's also contributed to Tortoise's predictions yes alright yes. your third and final one um, my third and final one um, is, is a real step in the right direction I think uh, which is that women's elite sports will surpass one billion dollars in revenue for the first time in history and this is um, this is not my prediction. I'll happily caveat that. Um, but it's Deloitte's. And Deloitte are predicting that next year will be the first time that revenue generated by women's elite sports will surpass a billion dollars, which is actually a threefold increase in, in their prediction in terms of their, their projection than, than it was three years ago. So um, so it shows kind of how how vast and how quick that shift to people wanting to get involved in women's sport, the viewership, the commercial deals that are in place um, has moved on in the last three years. Um, it's a real positive step. All right. Before we finish up, I'm going to do two things. One is I'm going to go through what were my rather kind of loose, moody predictions that I made at the end of 2022 for 2023. And I'm going to ask you to just mark my homework. Tell me what you think I can claim as the 
accuracy of those predictions, and I'm going to give you my uh, I don't think threes. we need to hear them, James. We just we can, <laughs> we can, we can, we can tell you now. <laughs> I'm assuming it's around zero. Okay. Prediction one. America will prove to be the world's defining superpower, i.e. not a multipolar world. All the world's problems will be visited on Washington. Come on, that's obviously yeah, true. Yeah, look at yeah. Ukraine, yeah. look at Israel, Gaza, yeah, look true. at China. Look, thank you very much. Point one. Well, point two, general point two, I think that, and I confidently predicted in December 2022, that Russia is beatable in Ukraine. Oops. Ooh. I don't think that's kind. I think it is beatable. It's just that no one has made the concerted effort to beat it. What about I, think, I would I say that's a vaguely worded prediction. <laughs> beatable. You see, you, see the work. Than, yeah. you see the work that I'm doing. I think up until about a month ago, that might have been right. I okay, this one I'm very proud of. Looking back on it, I'm not actually sure what it means, but it sounds insightful. The second generation civil rights movement is growing. Right. Yes, thank you. Should we just move on from that? I tell you what I think I was trying to say was I was like, if you look at Iran, Masa Amini protests, if you look at Roe v. Wade, that's going to be a whole new radicalization of uh, people, not just women, but people in the United States. If you look at what had just happened in the World Cup and uh, gay rights in, you know, the arguments that had taken place in Qatar, it was something global was happening in civil rights that had previously just been limited to the West. How do you reconcile that with the rise of the right mm. throughout the year? Oh, we're going to come to that. That's another right. one of my forecasts. Should oh. I come to that? Okay. We'll be moving into a phase of post-populist politics. That's wishful thinking. So here's my argument for it. Poland. Mm. My argument against Argentina. Mm. Yeah. So I'm going for a half a point. Generous half. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going for four tenths of a point. <laughs> Thank you, Claudia. Um, science is going to make you believe in the future, i.e. we are witnessing these step change innovations. I think I was on the back of Lawrence Livermore Labs on Fusion and James Webb Telescope and mRNA. 2023, are we more confident about the future thanks to ChatGPT? Um, AI's capacity to deal with protein folding, innovations in healthcare. I think I'd say I, zero. Uh, yeah. not, well, yeah, a zero. Not, not in terms of AI and ChatGPT and the so-called advances that that's been made, but saying mRNA and vaccines reminds me about malaria. Yes. The malaria vaccine that has happened and it is just they're so close. And I mean, can you imagine? Malaria is, is might be close to, to being eradicated, which is extraordinary. All right, here's the last one. Britain is back in play. This is closely related to Andrew's England wins the Euros prediction. <laughs> you want it to be true. But what the idea was there was we've had Liz Truss, we've had Quasi Quarting. That was obviously a moment of madness. Actually, life is getting boring and competent again. We have a elite technocrat, globalist banker and prime minister, Rishi Sunak, and we have an elite technocrat, globalist lawyer in Keir Starmer. It's boring and a bit metropolitan, but it means that London and the UK is back as a serious place for investment and growth. I just There's one, one word answer, it's Rwanda. 
It's also the fact that we're teetering on the end of <laughs> edge of recession. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't feel uh, boring. It's entirely working. Okay, so if we re- if we tot all of that up, if I give myself a round zero, do you think that would be an <laughs> accurate summary of my predictions? That's a bit flattering. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll give myself a minus one. Okay, prepare yourselves for 2024. Here it comes. You heard it here first. One, the political future. Labour wins the election overall majority. The Lib Dems win more seats than the SNP and Nigel Farage finally becomes a member of parliament for the Conservative Party. Sport prediction, Keith, don't smirk as I do this. We know that I know nothing about sport, but here's my hopeful, joy-filled prediction for 2024. Simone Biles chooses to compete in the 2024 Olympics in Paris and wins the all-round gold as the women's gymnast. Uh, she'll be knocking on in her late 20s. We won't have had anyone as old as that for years winning, I think probably since 1952. And we'll all feel good for it. And the final one is one that I think looks more likely than not to be true. I can't believe it in my bones. I'm not sure how it happens. But Joe Biden beats Donald Trump in the U.S. presidential election. Well, except obviously it's going to be Gavin Newsom. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, if I get just a a straight half a point next year, (laughs) I'll have improved my averages. Mm. Um, Andrew Butler... Uh, Thank you for your wishful thinking. Claudia Williams, thank you for your insights into marriage and the future. And Keith, uh, thank you uh, for um, letting us know that we should uh, prepare for the return to the Malvinas. If you think that all of these predictions are wrong, you're probably right. But what are yours? Will you let me know? Will you send me an email? It's newsmeeting at tortoisemedia.com and tell me what you think are the things that are going to happen in 2024. What are we going to be talking about this year? The News Meeting podcast is going to be back regularly on Monday, the 8th of January. Thank you for listening and happy, happy New Year. Tortoise. 